swear to God, things have been so bad lately for the Blue Jays that a rainout felt like a win. It's <laughs> no question. It really did. Yeah, now, it? Well, it felt now, like a win. Now, if you're Pete Walker and John Snyder, you're thinking to yourself, man, alive. Now, now Jose Barrios doesn't have to pitch on the road. He can pitch at home. And guess what? I get an extra start at home. We can figure out how to not pitch Yusei Kikuchi. Sometimes for another it all week works and a half. Out. Sometimes it all works out. It's Blair and Barker. The Jays were rained out yesterday. Baltimore in a game that never looked like it had a chance to start. Which makes me think, Kevin, that the Orioles probably... Oh, there's said, no question. They looked at, okay, Jose Barrios' ZRA on the road is seven. Let's make sure everybody... Let's get the teams in the ballpark just in the off chance that it stops raining at some point. I'm sure the Orioles knew that game was going to be banged probably at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but they're going, you know, this is too good an opportunity. That guy stinks on the road. Too good an opportunity to let pass. No question. Uh, So the Jays get today off. They will open a three-game series against the Cleveland Guardians tomorrow. Jose Barrios will start that game. And uh, the uh, Baltimore Orioles will, will then follow the Blue Jays in. Um, or will then follow the Cleveland Guardians in and take on the Blue Jays. The other American League East teams played last night, though Milwaukee beat Tampa Bay 4-3. Did the Jays a bit of a solid there. Seattle beat the Yankees 4-3. I don't know if that's much of a solid, to be honest. And the Atlanta Braves beat the Boston Red Sox 8-4. So uh, as we go into this off day, American League standings are thus. The Yankees are in first place, 71 and 41. Toronto's 10 back. They're 60 and 50. Baltimore's 58 and 52, two back of the Blue Jays. Tampa Bay is 58 and 52, tied with Baltimore. The Red Sox are 54 and 58. And if you're interested in the wild card standings, which are really the only things to be interested in right now, by the way, the uh, Houston Astros are tied with the Yankees, 71 and 41. Toronto is uh, two games up. In the wild card race, Seattle's a game and a half up. Baltimore and Tampa Bay hold the last two wild card positions right now, followed by, uh, well, Minnesota's got the division lead. Chicago's two and a half back in Boston. We can pretty much, we can pretty much stop mentioning Boston in the wild card picture. So, Mr. Barker, there you go, ahead of the Cleveland Guardians series uh, coming up. Cleveland is now, by the way, leading. Cleveland is leading the uh, American League Central. Guardians got they got a balanced lineup. They got good starting pitching. They got a really good closer. Blue Jays are going to have to play a complete game. Like we, they're going to have to do things on all parts of their game to beat the Guardians. That that Guardians lineup the last time the Jays faced them in Cleveland just wore the Jays out. I they just wore them down. Well, what you see is they battle with two strikes. They're they're going to fight off pitches. They're going to take close pitches. You know, they're they're not a great offensive team, but they're they're very hard to get out. And you know, Jose Barrios is going to have to make some quality pitches. He's going to have to be efficient with strike one. He's going to have to be unbelievable with strike two. He's going to have to have some you know better command of the breaking ball. He's going to have to have really good command with the two seamer because you know what Cleveland's going to do. They're going to throw some, a bunch of lefties in there against him, and he's going to have to have the two the comeback uh, two seamer, the one that starts at the lefty hip. You know where they get the the hand raising up to get the freeze. Going to have to be good with that pitch. So. This is exactly, if you're a baseball fan, this is what you wanted. 
Forget about being a Blue Jays fan. If you're a baseball fan, this is what you want. You want a bunch of teams all trying to be. No, I wanted the, the I wanted the Jays. Place. I wanted the Jays in first place. Well, you well knew that was never going to happen. You knew that wasn't going to happen. We knew we knew this coming into spring training. That's that they, not true. They they did they had the balance of their lineup. The did you pick them to win the division? I think I picked them to go to the American League. To, to represent well, picking, the American well, League picking in the them playoffs. to do that's different than I picking I them, them to win, win the, the division. division. I might have picked them to win the division. I can't remember. It all runs together. Huh. It all runs together. It was certainly not, I don't think it was out of the question at the start of the year that they would win the division. I mean, we looked at the New York Yankees, and I think there was well, we didn't kind think of an... be this good. No, we didn't. Um, but uh, anyhow, the, the, you know, the point being, um, the point being that... Uh, that uh, yeah, I, it's well. We're we're gonna take calls today. The numbers are four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We'll ask you one to ten your confidence level on the Blue Jays making the playoffs. I mean, that's where we are right now. I don't think we, you know, hosting a home playoff game would be great. But when you get all these teams vying for a playoff spot. And one of those teams, the Baltimore Orioles, has been much better than anybody expected, and you've got a crap ton of games left against them. I'll just ask people, what is your confidence level, 1 to 10, in the Jays, in the Jays making the playoffs? The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 591, 590 We'll get to your calls at 11, at 11 o'clock. Jeff Passan, MLB insider with ESPN, joins us at 1030. Jeff Francoeur, MLB on TBS analyst and also Braves broadcaster, will join us at 11.30. So, Kevin, we'll get the conversation going a little bit. One to ten. One to ten. What are your uh, – what's your confidence the level in this team? Uh, making the playoffs? I, I think they're, they're, they're for, for sure for me anyway. They, they have a good enough lineup. They have, they have a couple of really good starters so up they're front. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it, but for me – for them to move on in the playoffs, they have to have home field advantage. If they have home field advantage, that solidifies the top three in their rotation. If they have to go on the road, all of a sudden now you're worrying about game three. Wow, you're, you're and then well, I'm, you're asking me a question, and yeah. I'm giving you an answer. You I don't mean, seem to like the answer, but no, I'm fine with I, it. I, I think I think they are a good enough team that they'll they'll figure it out, and they'll you know, Vladdy will have a good enough September. Maybe George Springer comes back and gives you a little bit of something. Uh, Bo Bichette look, looks looks like maybe he's turned the corner a little and is hopefully going to get some better pitches to hit. Maybe he'll be a little bit more consistent barreling up baseballs, which they have to have. Maybe Teoscar Hernandez can help out a little bit too, hit and clean up. You know, I think for me anyway, they look like they've solidified their lineup the way they like it and uh, hitters are comfortable now. The routines of when they're hitting – just seems like they're falling in place. Maybe Lourdes leading off is a is a thing. I, I sort of like that. Now, the more you see it, the better you like it. At least I do anyway. Uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk, I, I, do you really know what you're going to get from him in September? Maybe he's a little bit of the unknown there is, you know, body type and consistently getting the at-bats and not having to cheat to get the velocity, which he's gotten a little bit better the last couple of days at that. So I'm going to say a 10. Maybe people don't like hearing that. Maybe they well, think I don't I'm, think people think aren't going to like hearing. You know, I think people are going to be quite happy to hear you to say it. To say it, I, I think you asked me, are they uh, one of the top three best teams to to get the out of the seven that are fighting for it? Absolutely, I've got them. absolutely. I got my my confidence levels about five and a half or six with them making the playoffs right now. Um, I'm just not certain. How many games up are they? Two and a half. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not uh, certain. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not certain they're. I, I'm just looking at it. I'm not certain they're better than Seattle. Uh, you said to make the playoffs. Tampa, I said to make, make the, playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, they're two and a half. They're, okay, that's not making the playoffs is different than making a run in the playoffs. That's different. Yeah, I, well, I don't think. No, I, I'm, I'm saying to make the playoffs. I'm not candy coating it. I'm saying, what's your confidence level that they make the playoffs? I'm about six and a half. I'm not entirely certain. So you went I, from I five, five and a half to six to six and a half. What well, I, no, I'm, no, five. six, six. But what I, what I'm saying is, I don't think that. Uh, I, I don't think both Tampa Bay and Toronto are going to make the playoffs. I think one of those two AL East teams are going to fall out. I really do. And, um, yeah, I'm not as confident as I was. They're, what do they got, 53 games left? You think, you think Baltimore can continue to do this thing for the next 53 games? If you do, then, yeah, you well, probably eliminate you one of the Tampa or Toronto. I guess if you want to say Toronto. Could Baltimore, could Baltimore, okay. could Baltimore split their series with the Blue Jays. Well, that's obvious. We've we've seen that already. All right. You can tell one team's trying too hard and the other team has nothing to lose. Like right. that that's the thing. But it's over the next 50-ish games. See, I that think you're see, thinking that that Baltimore could be better than Tampa I think in ba- those 50-ish games or Toronto. I think because we could, think Seattle's turned a corner I, and they're pretty good. Yeah, they I think got ba- everything. I think Baltimore can be better than Tampa. Tampa just hasn't Tampa doesn't look Tampa doesn't look the same. I would I would go more with the Tampa thing than I would the Toronto thing. That's just me. I think Seattle now having Mitch Haniger back, he sort of seems like the guy. You know, everybody loves that clubhouse thing. He seems like that guy in the clubhouse. Like when they got him back now, they just they seem just, like everybody in their lineup sort of fits in place. They pitch. And, they pitch. Uh, obviously, they're, they, they they're, have a couple of good starters up front now. They have a really good bullpen. They play good enough defense. They have a, a good defense up the middle. If they can get Julio Rodriguez back sooner than later, yeah. So I think we have that. Their bullpen is. Their but bullpen it's the question: Do you think Baltimore is good enough to eliminate Toronto or Tampa Bay? That's the that's the big question. Yeah. That's what you got to ask yourself in the next fifty games. I don't think so. That's me. I think Baltimore's the sort of still the little engine and could it. They're f- more fun to watch. I will not flip the channel when I'm flipping channels to watch baseball because I watch a lot of it. I will stop and watch them play because they are more fun to watch. They have guys that are doing some things that you like to watch and see if they get better at it. But I I just don't know if they can sustain this for the over the next 50-ish games and and maybe they will. See, I don't know. What but they, I'm not in that camp yet. I, 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 I'm not entirely certain. I think it's less about them than, and, than it is about the other teams. Um, as I said, Tampa Bay is, there's just, they're. They're, they're doing this they're, with none of their players. That would tell you yeah. they're getting some players back. Hopefully. Hopefully they're so getting some players back. And hopefully they'll be healthy. I, I, I look at Toronto, and, and the problem I have with this is, you know, George Springer's hurt, but, I mean, the Blue Jays have a pretty good health. All things considered, when you look at other teams around baseball, like, George Springer's been an issue. They've had every one of their other everyday players. They've been healthy. Uh-huh. Oh, Danny Jansen. Pardon me. Danny Jansen had the oblique, but he's been back for a while. Starting pitching, they lost Hyunjin Ryu, and, you know, he was their fifth starter. That was a setback. But other than that, how many... You know, how many really serious injuries have the Blue Jays had compared to other teams? Not many. Minnesota better than the Blue Jays? 
Guardians, we'll see. You I know, think the Guardians got good Guardi- starting Guardi- pitching. They Gu- got a good bullpen. Guardians pitching is better. Than they the, got the uh, Guardians pitching is better than the Blue Jays. They have Jays right-handed pitching. pitchers who can get the Blue Jays. Yeah. Out. The gar- on balance, the Guardians have better pitchers, better pitching top to bottom than the Blue Jays. I mean, that's I, it's not even a. I don't even think that's that's a question. Uh, Seattle better pitching. I ask you a question: top to If, if Vla- over Jays. fifty games, if Vladdy gets hot, if Teoscar gets hot, if Bo that's three ifs. is three well, ifs. You, well, you like your chances with Vladdy. You yeah. like that? What he's giving you, you like that? Okay, I'll ask you a question. If one of the two and Teoscar, because Teoscar or Bo, one of the two, one of the two, or if not both, sort of both have to maintain, but one of the two have to be much better. If that happens, you don't think they're going to make the playoffs? I got some real concerns about their pitching, man. I really do. I, I'll have to ask you right now, which, which Blue Jays pitcher? Right now, in any situation, Blue Jay starter, do you have complete and total confidence in? Gosman. Me too. One. One I, guy. I, I still like Manoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I I'm, still but like I'm saying, but we're, we're talking about... the right about, team, the right yeah, yeah, situation, Kevin, the heart rate never been, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, never yeah, been I, down I, this road I, before. I, you don't know what you're going to get from You told me that five years ago. That's different. But the way they, they use their defenses now, the way, you know, you, you're sort of airing it out, you're pitching backwards, like the routine, like the things that go into trying getting certain guys out when you got the talent that Alec Manoa's got, it's different now. You asked me that five years ago, I would have had a different answer for he, you. He has not, his last couple of months, the numbers have gotten progressively worse, have they not? Has the ZRA not gone up in the last in, in the last couple of months? I'm just saying, he's, he's I'm not, I'm, all I'm saying is right now, all I'm saying is right now, uh, which starting pitcher do you, are, you look at and go, okay, that guy's going to give me six, gonna, which is a low, low bar. That guy, I know he's going to give me six Two tonight. guys. Manoa and Gosman. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain about Manoa. Gosman, I think. But this just gets to my point. We're having this discussion about the top two pitchers in this team. They're not having that discussion that's, in that's, Seattle. That's why they're, they're not having that discussion in Tampa. They probably are in Baltimore. They're uh, having Rob, that discussion. Rob, Robbie Ray's been a little up and down. Like he was up and down. Yet what he had, he gave up three runs. He walked five guys. Like he's he's had hit. He's had an up and down season. He's got close to a, what a a four ERA. So that's Castillo, not always. A, yeah, Lu- Luis Castillo. Say, my has point been. is, most of these teams are wild card teams because they have the same issues the Blue Jays have. I'm telling you though, if the lineup for the Blue Jays, and I've said this since day one, and so have you. That the blue the lineup for the Blue Jays will take them where they're ultimately going to go. Oh, ultimately it's they're going to have to score. It's obvious that teams. they need starting pitching and they need some guys to step up a little bit more coming out of the bullpen. May not be their fault, but you're going to have to ask them to. You're, they're going to be put in positions probably they shouldn't be put in, but they really have no choice. So uh, one or two of those guys are going to have to ste- step up, and your closer for the Blue Jays is going to have to be a slam dunk. Every time he gets the ball down the stretch here, it's got to be game over. So with those things said, I'm with you. I think Seattle, for me anyway, just by their lineup, their bullpen, and the two guys they have up front – I'll give you that. And then there's everybody else. Yeah, I still why well, I still think one of Cleveland or Minnesota is capable of getting that wild card spot. Too. And they're also going to have a weaker schedule. Like those two teams are going to have a weaker schedule than the Blue Jays. Well, we have, said coming into those right? 15 games against the Orioles, they're going to matter a lot. Yeah. And maybe and, it's <laughs> it's going to matter will, more than a lot. I will still get I will still get back to the fact that the Blue Jays are going to play games against teams that are better than 500 and they don't play well against those teams. They play games in the American League East too. So, we'll 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 see where it goes.
But I, I, I can see, I can foresee a scenario now where both Cleveland and Minnesota make the postseason. Seattle makes the postseason, and one of the American League East teams makes the postseason. I could see a case where Baltimore and Tampa don't make it, or Toronto and Tampa don't make it, or or I, whatever. I picked the Blue Jays to go to the World Series. I, I for sure don't think that's going to happen this year because of all the things that we talk about every single day. But I still think they're a playoff team. So I'm going to stick with that. All right. So you ask me, I'm going to give you 10. I'm confident. I'm a full guy. I'm a glass full guy today. Not half full. Full. You're confident. Eh, you got to be. You don't talk like that off the air, my friend. Uh, that's about driving in traffic in Toronto. <laughs> I know, and yeah, I know. That's what that is. I know. You're, a guy you're pissy when you get in. his teeth uh, yeah, on that's the scary, highway. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah. some of the things that's you see scary. here is. Dude flossing his teeth. How the hell was he flossing his teeth? I'm sure he was driving with his knee. I mean, it's Jesus. not like you can go yeah. a zillion miles an hour here in traffic, but that's odd. Like, is it that hard to, to plan your you life? Think so, well, I mean, I'd maybe I, stopped someplace and ate and he had, you know, I got that a, thing I was in a hurry today and forgot to use deodorant. So I had to stop at a, a store today and buy deodorant before I came to work. So you're welcome. But because, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I have, to, I have to fix lunch boxes for my son to go to camp, get everybody prettied up. And so, yeah, everybody's day's busy, but. You see some odd things. <laughs> that oh. you, you know, you put this many people in a s- small area. Yeah, flossing. Occasionally, you're going to see some odd things. Flossing your teeth while you're driving is, that's that's a little odd. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I didn't seen, put that I've much seen, thought into I've it because I looked over I've and I was like, women. I didn't. Really, I got to be honest yeah. with you, I didn't find it surprising. I've seen women doing makeup when they drive using the mirror, which well, scares me. Well, most of the me. time, they're stopped. They'll Some stop. Of the they'll try and hurry it up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the uh, no, the dental dental floss is. My my wife does that when she's sitting in the passenger seat, and she'll tell me, that's tell different. me, tell me when you're going to go. That, and, that, that's different. When <laughs> and then the I go, and then seat. I tell her, and she gets mad at me. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We will take your calls at eleven o'clock. You just throwing your wife under the bus. No. There. Did not. Uh, the game that was rained out will be played as a double header in September. Which is great. That gives Rugnador two chances in one day to stick the knife into the Blue Jays. Now, there's no way he's playing. There's no way he's playing. Back oh, he'll play back one of those two guys in a game. Uh, the rain delay means Kevin Gossman will have one extra day's rest when he makes his next start. Uh, Ross Stripling is starting tomorrow, making his rehab start, and uh, I guess this means that you can. Well, you could just keep forgetting about Kikuchi. You, absolutely you could say if him. Ross makes his start Friday, he's okay. Then he could make his next start in the big leagues on Wednesday. You could put Mitch Williams. Wh- make, or Mitch, Mi- White. Mitch White. I'm sorry. Mitch White making the first start Monday against the Orioles. And then old Tuesday rolls around, and that would be the day that you'd have to. The Kikuchster would uh, be gone. You'd have to think about, you know, how, how did the games go before that game? You know, if you if you if you've won three out of the four, or yeah, three out of the four going into that day, then you may, maybe you maybe you're okay with it. So that would be probably the day that they have to figure out how they're, who they're going to pitch and how they're going to throw it. And now, a lot of that depends on how Stripling start goes right. on Friday, and if he would be okay to make his next start and all those things. But the rain out did make it a little easier to not have to worry about. The lefty, until you actually have to worry about the lefty. That's where he is right now, isn't it? The lefty. Well, it's about winning games. Yeah. And and again, if I'm saying that there are ten a shoe in to make the playoffs, I'm gonna 
Try and figure out ways to probably not start him. Plain and simple. It's about winning baseball games. That would make a uh, that would make a certain amount of sense. Did you watch the uh, Mariners Yankees yesterday? I Aaron did. Judge. I, I he's something else. He's, uh, has he done enough to to win the MVP in the American oh, League? Oh God, yeah. You don't, uh, well, no, you can't say it that yeah. way because the unicorn in L.A. is doing some some things. He's with doing the, some things for a team that's basically a okay. It doesn't team. seem like it matters because the first thing you yeah. hear since Babe Ruth, the, you know, the the ten wins and the ten homers and in the same season, I didn't think wins mattered. But they all of a sudden matter with the unicorn. Well, they matter when, when you they when matter. They, they matter when you when you couple it with what he's doing offensively. Yeah, yeah, it just tells it 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 makes a difference. Put it this way: Is he going to win the Cy Young Award? No. Okay. Well, then what? The, then, then the pitching record doesn't matter in terms of evaluating in terms of his ability to win that award. But it certainly lends credence to his MVP case. Huh. Yeah. Again, it depends on <clears throat> depends on your view of the MVP award. I'd rather give it to a guy playing in a team that's playing meaningful baseball compared to a guy who's playing on a team that hasn't been in, hasn't had a meaningful game probably since, what, 2012? It was the last time that the, the Angels Vlad- had Vladimir a Vladimir Guerrero game. Jr. had the exact same games last year until the last game yeah, of the season. Just, Did he win the MVP yeah, last year? What Aaron Judge is doing, though, 45. Aaron Judge is going to hit 60 homers. There's no chance he doesn't win the award. Plays for the Yankees. Vlad had a great year well, last there's year. There's no chance. You this got a, you got a lot of you got a lot of faith in the in your peers to make the right call. You got a lot of because uh, because it's 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 again all the conversation is well look at what that guy's doing on both sides of the ball and how would you trade him because you have no idea what to ask for. Yeah, that doesn't. Like there's a lot that goes into now. Guy hits, say he hits 35 hits, homers. The, the, how many the, homers he got? Guy hits 60 25. Home, guy hits 60 home runs for the New York Yankees and they win their division there's not a chance in hell he doesn't win the award. Well, you could almost not say the Yankees because of how they started and how mm-hmm. they've had a couple of months in a row, you know, aren't going to play too many meaningful games down the stretch either. Because they've got such a big, giant well, lead that he's just adding would, to his numbers. Okay. I'm with you. No, I'm I, not I will, disagreeing I will look, with you. I will look at it differently then. I'll, I'll look I'm at it differently. You. Take Shohei Otani out of the Angels lineup. Are they any better? Any worse? Where are they? What are they now? 100 games out? So what? They'll be 130 games out. Take Aaron Judge out of the Yankees lineup. Are they in first place with 71 wins? Not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. There, I mean, there. Nobody else is doing anything offensively that would suggest that they can, or enough offensively that would suggest they can pick up the slack. I mean, it's just it's it's an easy it's an easy vote for me. It's an easy vote for me. Easier well, I, by well, far than well, last year. Well, Jeff when he comes on. The other Jeff. Yeah, we'll see what he says. Yeah. But I know he's an Otani guy. And that and There's that is, a lot of Otani there guys. There are a lot of Otani guys. There's a lot guys. of them. That's what I say. And I don't think it's a slam dunk. It's just I, like, it is on the, in this room. It's just like I'm, I'm with you. There are a lot of people who would who would always vote Mike Trout MVP because Mike Trout is, is the best player in baseball. But that, to me, isn't what the MVP award means. If that was the case, Barry Bonds would have been the, the MVP for about 30 years in a row. Alex Rodriguez would have had more MVP awards, but um, and Derek Jeter wouldn't have won any. But this is, uh, as a matter of fact, did Derek Jeter before I say that I, has he ever had an MVP? I award? think you. I think you have to look at what Otani's doing on both sides of the ball. It's elite stuff. It's not good stuff. No, Derek Jeter never won an it's MVP an award. Stu- it's there an elite stuff. There you go. It's an elite stuff. That, that's that's the difference. That's the difference. Is that's why it's a. It's not a slam dunk. I'm. It is here. Because I'm with you doing it in New York and, and we'll ask, we'll where the Yankees passing. are at and doing it in the American League East. And, 
you know, this is a this is a do or die season for the Yankees. If they don't win and go really deep, a lot of things are going to change there. A lot of pressure on that team to to do things, and and what he's going through uh, with his contract be interesting. Uh, Passion's got an article up on how the Juan Soto Juan Soto blockbuster went down, which is uh, a, a really interesting read, and uh, we'll talk to Jeff about that. Alavia fired as general manager of the Detroit Tigers. Probably no great surprise. I think a lot of people will look at that and go, Jesus, wasn't he fired two years ago? No, in fact, he wasn't fired two years ago. He was general manager of the Tigers. Uh, that decision it probably... You wonder uh, how no much A.J. Hinch had to do with that. Well, A.J. Hinch basically spent the last two weeks before the trade deadline trying to put the screws to... Al, here they uh, the, are. Come and get them. Trade our, you know, no get, a, get us some, get us some talent here. We need more talent here. Get it, and it, and it didn't, didn't happen. happen. So that's, uh, you know, that that's all told. It's not a surprise. Plus, look at the look who the guy traded away. Look at the contracts he gave out. Now, I will say this, and I noticed we talked about the news conference where you know the, the he he was Illich really threw him. I thought threw him under the bus For pretty who? clearly. Alavia threw him under the bus, but I've got to think that ownership signed off on a couple of those deals. There's no way. There's no way Javier Baez gets that deal without ownership signing off on it. You know, I I, I don't know about the decisions at the trade deadline. I don't think necessarily. Eduardo Rodriguez any, too. I think got seventy-seven that. million. That's a, that's a lot of money. That's for a that lot guy. of money for him. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyhow, we'll talk to Passon about that, and we'll talk about the Yankees-Mariners series. We'll see what Jeff thinks about the AL East as well. Uh, we have tickets to give away for the August 26th game, speaking of the Angels, against the Los Angeles Angels. And uh, we'll also have our uh, regular Barker's Back Lake Bits segment, in addition to calls. And, again, the numbers are 416 590 Star 591, 888-666-0590. I'll give them out as we get closer to taking them. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll get to your calls at 11 o'clock. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590, 590-590 in the text line. We've got tickets for the Jays game August 26th against the Angels. And uh, Jeff Francoeur, MLB on TBS analyst, joins us at 1130. He's also the Braves broadcaster. We'll get a chance to uh, talk to Jeff about the NL East. Let's bring in another Jeff. Not another Jeff, the a lot Jeff. Of Jeff's day. There is. It's a good Jeff day. Jeff Pass and MLB Insider. Any day is a good day for Jeff. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, pretty much. Depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. That's right. Uh, Jeff Passon's our MLB Insider with ESPN. Mr. Passon, as always, we appreciate your time. You're reading your, your breakdown of the Juan Soto uh, deal. The Toronto Blue Jays are mentioned very briefly and then completely disappear from the picture. Would that is, is that an indication that 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 uh, 
you know, when, when, when Mike Rizzo was sitting down to make a list of pr- prospective teams with, as you say, with the money and the, the prospect depth to possibly get a deal done, the Jays are one of those teams. And then they quickly fell out of the picture. Do we have any idea whether or not they were anything other than a phone call and, and, and that's it? I think it was more than a phone call, but I think it was less than anything substantive. Um, I, I was never told this specifically, so this is its not pure speculation at this point. But my guess would be that conversation went something like we would need Bichette or Guerrero. Mm-hmm. And when they were told no, then, you know, and by the way, it would be like Bichette, or Guerrero plus Moreno plus, right? <laughs> I mean, like it, it wouldn't have just been one of them alone. Right. Um, by by the way, I'm I'm switching subjects here because they were about as in on Juan Soto as the the time that we've already committed to it. Um, <laughs> are you are you are you watching Better Call Saul? Uh no, I'm not. Okay, there's a character who has emerged in these final episodes as being extremely integral. And his name is Jeffy. Did anyone ever call you Jeffy? No. Okay. I have a friend who, when she drinks, just goes, Jeffy! And I'd never heard anyone else called Jeffy before. And I've been asking Jeff ever since the emergence of Jeffy on Better Call Saul whether they have ever been called Jeffy before. So I'm glad no. to hear. I've been called Dickhead and other names, but I've, I've not been called. <laughs> On this show. Uh, On yeah. this show. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean no. I, 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 I love, I love Don FCC radio. Yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I can honestly say I've not been called. I've not been called that. Uh, but anyhow, no, I should watch Better Call Saul. I just, I, I, it, it's just, it's on the list. I, I'm a binge watch guy. I don't watch. I were see, you, were you, a, like, were you a Breaking Bad guy? And eh, not really. I mean, all right, then don't bother. Then don't bother. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the depends on the mood I'm in. You know, Barker always. Right. I mean, I like stuff with subtitles, which you know, I just, I'm just read. I'm just saying that to drive Barker nuts because he thinks that I'm I'm one of those guys who likes watching stuff in languages I can't understand just because it makes people think that I that I'm intelligent. It's, it's not true. But. Well, well, let me let me tell you uh, what I've taken to doing over the last year. I watch I watch with closed captions on now. Yeah, you know what? My daughter does the same thing, and that is really annoying. Oh, it's fantastic! I totally disagree. It's oh, great. Oh God, it's annoying. Really? No, because, uh, yeah, sometimes there are points in the conversation where it's a little muffled. I'm getting older, so I imagine my hearing is probably... I mean. get... Well, you're old. I know. I'm getting older. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, the, the whole, it, it, it detracts. It detracts from no, things. There's no, there's, there's, no, there's no detraction at all. Oh, there is, you know, in the little thing like banging noise. In 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 oh. in brackets or something like I don't need that. It's like you know what it is. Way no, overthinking but, movies. No, here, here it is. You way know overthinking. It, it. No, it is. This is it. It it oh. is. It's entertainment's version of the strike box. You don't need it if you're smart. <laughs> you don't need it if you're smart. Like you really don't. You could have just stopped with you don't need it. You didn't have to add that last part. But it's true. You don't. You don't need it anyhow. Hey, you mentioned you mentioned Bo Bichette. Stop that for a minute. By the way, if you want a tip, watch the Bureau. 
The bureau is tremendous. Now, it's French, Ugh. so you got to put up with the fact there's a lot of French people doing a lot of French things, but yeah, it's good. You, you know what? It's you, good. The, last thing, the last thing you recommended to me, I think, was early on in COVID, and it was like a German something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, uh, the one, nine, uh, Deutschland 83 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It was good. Anyhow. All right, so... Blair Blair is only into subtitled, but not subtitled in English. There you go. And I don't like dubbing. Dubbing dry, dubbing does drive me nuts, by the way. Like, if I watch something in German, I don't want, and I can see the lips move, I don't want an English dubbing. It's, anyhow, let's move on. Barker's nodding off here. So we know the Jays had no, the, the Jays were just sort of on the periphery of the Soto thing. How did this become public? Because, because Jeff, everybody says that they were disappointed that it became public. But it became public. You know, Scott Boris disappointed became public. Juan Soto disappointed became public. Nationals disappointed uh-huh. became public. I, 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 they're all lying, aren't they? I don't know if all of them are lying. I, I assume somebody in there is. And the only one who knows the real answer to that is Ken Rosenthal. So I suppose <laughs> you'll have to have him on the show. <laughs> because because if, I'm, because if I'm being completely honest here, I, I had not heard anything about an offer of that size right. and that magnitude. Because, listen, it is an enormous offer that Juan Soto turned down. I mean, it's the most money in North American professional sports history for uh, an athlete who plays a team sport. Uh, you know, you, I don't know what boxing money actually is, but Floyd Mayweather may have made more on some of his final fights. Um, but just in terms of guarantee, $440 million is an obscene number to turn down. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for Juan Soto, um, I, I, you know, I, I put in the story, he's, he's unassuming. And I think it almost embarrasses him a little that he turned down that much. Um, but he also, and, and this is going to be something I think that, really is going to be worth keeping an eye on in Toronto the next couple of years. Um, he also knows what he's worth, right? He knows that if he turns down 440, he can get more and maybe significantly more on the free agent market or potentially from the San Diego Padres. And I, I think the difference between players who sign long-term extensions early in their careers or before they reach free agency. And those who don't is twofold. Number one, it's education. It's the recognition that you do something that is truly special. You're one of the most gifted athletes in the world and you are that much better than everyone else. And you work in a $10 billion a year industry that should compensate you accordingly. But the second element to that is that you are willing to take some risk. I know I sure wouldn't have. I probably, hell, I probably would have taken the 13 for 350. I might have taken the 180 that was offered. I might have taken the 110 that was offered beforehand because bird in hand. But Juan Soto's tolerance for risk is very high. And, you know, the reward that could come from it might be very high as well. It makes you wonder if any other team other than the Nats would have offered him 15 for 440, he's probably taking it. But that's that's I, sort of the way this looks, a little. Well, 
I, I, you know, I'm not. I think if the Padres offered him 15 for 440 right now, he'd turn it down. You it's think the so? 50, it's the, yeah, Kevin. It's the 15 that that makes it problematic, and you know, air quotes with problematic. But when you take 440 and divide it by 15, the answer is 29.3. And when you look at a 29.3 million dollar average salary over a decade and a half, right now. There have been 19 salaries higher than $29.3 million. Max Scherzer this year signed for 43.3. Jacob deGrom, if he stays healthy, I believe will be in the range of $50 million a year. And you're telling me Juan Soto, who's, if not the best hitter in baseball, then certainly among the top five, is going to take a fraction of that? Of course he's not going to do that. So, you know, if the AAV had been bumped up to 35, if the number had started with a five, as in 500 on the dot, then I think he'd be a national. I think he'd be a Padre. I think he would sign that wherever it goes. Sure, you mentioned mentioned Bo Bichette. That's that's an interesting name. Have you heard anything that would make you think that the Blue Jays might be willing to trade him? Nothing. No. No. No, I mean, the, like, I, I guess this is, I don't know if it's a rhetorical question, but would you trade a 24-year-old shortstop who's in the prime of his career? The only, I mean, the only way I would look at this is I will put my hand up and say I I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm not certain anybody does. I don't know how far discussions have gotten with him on a contract, if they've gone anywhere. And I think that, right. that would be the only caveat because I have I've, I've felt all along that at some point the Jays are going to have to make a call on who they on who they who they invest in here. And, you know, maybe they'll go year to year with the, both of these guys. That would right. seem to be I don't think that would be a very comfortable situation, but I don't know. Maybe they do that. But beyond that, if they have to make a call on a guy, Jeff, I I. I don't know who they think they have a better chance of signing to a long-term deal, and I think that has to factor in here. Do you think, Jeff, that they don't have room for both of them financially? Uh, I ask this. I ask this. That's let's, a good question. Let's look, let's look beyond 2023 because it feels like 2023, just in terms of contract commitments, when you have – uh, Ryu still under contract. You have Kikuchi. You have Chapman. Um, you've got Guriel, Jimmy Garcia. Like you've got a mm-hmm. lot. You know, a bunch of your arbitration guys. Then, yeah, that's the, you know that's probably going to take you up into the luxury tax neighborhood, and and maybe that's not a place where the Blue Jays would necessarily mind being, but it's never a place that they've gone before either. But after 2023, the only real substantive commitments that the Blue Jays have on the books are Springer, Gossman, and Barrios. Right. And those three are a combined $66 million. You're telling me they couldn't sign both Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette? What I will say is, and, and you mentioned the luxury tax, I'm thinking back to something Mark Shapiro said in the offseason. He was asked about about ownership's comfort level with the luxury tax. And he, yeah. he opened the door to the possibility that it is a discussion 
that he would be willing to have. And at the time, that made me think, okay, he's also essentially signaling that we've made some sort of progress with one of these two guys. And, um, but that hasn't, again, that hasn't been the case. And, you know, Bo hasn't been, Bo, Bo has been pretty open with the fact that he's been disappointed in any of the talks that they've had so far. Vladdy's like yeah. a closed book. Uh-huh. Vladdy hasn't said Vladdy hasn't said anything well, to anybody. Before about you it. answer that, Jeff, I, I think for me anyway, on the outside looking in, it would be determined on how much you would have to pay Vladdy first. I'd, like, what's the number going to be for Vladdy? Was that going to start with a four? If it starts with a four, I would assume it's going to be hard to, to sign Bo. No? I don't, I don't ever um, look past the ability for teams to do things that we don't think they can do. I think it's a matter of their appetite to do those things, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And I think the Toronto Blue Jays financially probably do pretty darn well. And that, you know, either selling out Roger Center or having Roger Center as packed as it is on a nightly basis to see this team, that they're probably doing pretty okay. And that the notion that Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette can't both be signed to long-term deals, um, I think that's a, that's a false premise. I think it's about the appetite to sign them to both, both uh, to long-term deals. But Vladdy, yeah, I mean, is the, can the number start with anything other than a three? No. Like you just have to look at the his comps. Let's let's remember the class that he was in. He was in Juan Soto's signing class. Mm-hmm. He was in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s signing class. Tatis signed, I believe, two years earlier in service than where Vlad Guerrero is right now, and got three hundred forty million dollars. Now he plays shortstop. He's in a premium position, so. It's a little bit different. And in order to get him locked into that 14-year deal, they needed to pony up with the money. But the way that leverage works in these conversations is the longer a player waits, the more he gets. Like, that is almost always the case. And Vladdy's already getting expensive. I mean, what's, you know, after this season – he was a first-time arbitration eligible as a Super 2 last year, so he's getting $8 million. Next year, what's it going to be, 14, 15? Right. Like, it's going, to be, it's going to be up there, and by the time he's third-time eligible, it'll be over 20, and then we're going to be getting into to free agency territory with his fourth time. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of money that already is coming to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and the longer you wait, the closer he gets to free agency, I think the likelier it is that number turns from a three to a four. And and if he's turned down a number that starts with a three already, I don't blame him. Uh, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, who's the American League MVP? Well, I've stopped voting mm-hmm. this year. You, you, know, you know I stopped on the Hall of Fame ballot a while ago. And I'm not voting anymore for the MVP for, uh, frankly, for situations like this, because as I've gotten older, a theme of this conversation, I've realized that bringing things into my life that 
give me great amounts of agita uh, yeah. are uh, not a not a good thing. I think the I think the answer right now is Aaron Judge. Right. But like, how do we not look at what Otani does and think that he's the most valuable player? If you're if you're of the same mindset that I've been on MVP voting, which is that team performance is immaterial unless we're talking about breaking a tie, and it's not the first tiebreaker, but you know it's it's somewhere somewhere low down the list for me. If we're just looking at MVP as the best player in the league, Aaron Judge has been certainly the most productive offensive player in baseball like he's been absolutely incredible this year but Shohei Otani is two guys in one he's a great pitcher and he's a great hitter that is a ridiculously advantageous thing for any team to have and a thing that we haven't seen in a century and you know while again my vote would probably today go to judge. I just, I have a difficult time getting past what Otani is. Yeah. And and if your retort to that is, well, wouldn't that make him MVP every year that he's healthy? The answer might be yes. Like that, that's how good he might be. And it would take a special year for somebody to knock him off that pedestal. And I'll say this guys, Aaron Judge is having a special year. This is a potentially historic season. I did a podcast, ESPN Daily, yesterday on this very subject, on the conversation we're going to be having in the coming weeks about the home run record and Mm -hmm. about how there is a not insignificant pocket of people that still exists out there that does not believe the home run record is 73 by Barry Bonds or was 70 by Mark McGuire or uh, that Sammy Sosa at 66 and 64 and 63 exceeded. No, they believe the home run record because it was the last time that it was done by a player who we know was clean was Roger Maris's 61. And Aaron Judge, I would be very surprised at this point if he does not exceed 61 home runs in the 2022 season. Yeah, it's that. It, I mean, that's you know, my. I, I would go for Aaron Judge just because I do tend to put emphasis on on where the team is. Uh, sure. uh, but at the same time, you know, we had we've had discussions with people in the last month and discussions with you about how 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 do you put a dollar value on Shohei Otani as a free agent? And we've kind of come to the conclusion that it's almost impossible to do it right now. Well, if that's the case, then you you pretty much said the guy's the most valuable player. If we can't put a value on him, we yeah. know what it. You know what I mean? Like by extension, yeah. you're you are saying that he is the most valuable player in the game because we just don't know what the up the up the top end what that value is. It, but I, I'm with you. I, I look. I well, think I, I I will I will say this, Jeff. I tried to put a value on Shohei Otani in a, in a recent column where I did a player A, player B for hitters and pitchers. And the player A for hitters was Matt Olson, and the player B for hitters was Shohei Otani, and the player A for pitching was Max Scherzer, and the player B for pitching was Shohei Otani. Now, I think Otani's numbers al- align almost perfectly with Olson's, or they did at the time. 
Um, it was a little different with Scherzer, but it was pretty darn close. And if you look at just the two of them, then he's a sixty-plus million dollar, you know, sixty-four million dollar year player. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that I don't think the market's going to pay him that. But if Jacob Degrom doesn't get fifty million, you can bet Shohei Otani's going to. Yeah. Like that's that that to me should be the floor for what he is. He's just that good. He gives you an extra roster spot. You can't imagine how valuable teams find that, that they only have to put, or that they essentially get 27 players while everyone else has 26. That is an incredibly valuable thing for teams to have. So uh, between the production and that extra advantage that it gives you, uh, I mean, the the financial ceiling for Shohei Otani is limitless. Jeff, really good stuff. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much. Jesse, I guess. Jesse, Jeff. Jeffy. No, not Jesse. Jeffy. 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 I, have Jeffy. Met, I don't get called. I don't know. I don't get called Jeffy either. I used to, sometimes I'd get called Hefe, like, you know, Hefe the chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that's no, that's, wow, that's, that's nice. not. Uh, oh, who would call you that? I'd get called that, but uh, no. No, but you're, you're. So none of your friends when they're drinking have just no, gone. Jeffy. Hey. No, no, none of them have. None of them do that. No. You got to get better friends. Oh, I got to get some friends. Hey, friend. <laughs> hey, friend. Hey, friend. Thanks, Jeff. Be well. See you, Jeff. See you, guys. Jeff Pass, an MLB insider with ESPN. See, I thought it was Jesse or Jeffy, but no, I know. Jeffy. No, I never get. I never got that. Mm. Sorry. Um, that's a lot of good insight on uh, on Bo Bichette and, 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 and Vladdy Jr. and how much it's going to cost. It's interesting. I, I do think. And we didn't even get to the discussion about would and we haven't even had the discussion what would, would Bo want to sign long term here we haven't had that part of the discussion yet I mean you don't you, there's just so much that goes into it uh, I, I said I, I thought by now one of the two would be signed I, I just did I thought by now we one of the two would be signed and would have one of those Fernando Tatis Jr. contracts and it would probably be Vladdy but we'll see I know one thing I guarantee you management and ownership would love both of them to have the type of September that really puts the screws to no question to it. No question. You know, that, that would be without a doubt. That would be an interesting discussion to have. And then we get into my whole thing that if you win the world series, it makes it easier to part with one of them. If you have to win in the world series, I know. 416-870-0590 star 591 888-660-590-590 is your text line. I got Jay's tickets. We'll take your calls. Jeff Francoeur joins us as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.